the human experience is that of course we're going to have challenges of course we're going to have lows but it's whether we stay in that yeah. low vibration or it's whether we pull ourselves out of it we yeah. pick ourselves up and we and we go for it and we we start creating a life that brings us yeah. joy because what that's why we're here ultimately Welcome to Chill the Fuck Out, a non-self-help, self-help show that goes beyond surface-level well-being and explores some light, entertaining, and positive ways we can improve our mental health and well-being. By interviewing some expert guests and taking a look at the topic of mental health in a wider context, we really do learn to chill the fuck out. You touched on this earlier, I just want to go into a bit more. Um, Your physical eyes can only see a slither of the energy that surrounds you. To be precise, only 0.0035% of the electromagnetic light spectrum is visible to the average human eye. So if we just take that as an example, we really are operating like with a little torch on our head, trying to see around us. That's it. We have complete blinkers on. We literally just see a tiny sliver. And we can go from birth to death only seeing that small torch slither of of what we see. Is that most people's experience? Yeah, it is. Um, But, you know, a great way to really open your eyes and your mind to this concept is to look at the energy of your aura. And there's a whole section in my book on auras where my my auric field is... Your aura is the energy that surrounds you. Mm -hmm. There's several layers to your aura. So there's the vital body, which is the first layer that's kind of mostly connected to your physical. Then you've got your your mental, emotional aura that's constantly changing with your moods and emotions. So you literally have a rainbow of energy around you because depending on where you are with your moods and emotions will reflect the colors Mm -hmm. that are in your aura. Now, this is fact. We have curly and photography that actually photographs the colors in your aura accurately. It's incredible. I have a friend and one of my wonderful students that I trained through to Reiki teacher level, and she now has an amazing aura photography studio. And in my book, I have examples Mm -hmm. of her work where she has photographed mine and my family's aura. And what is really fascinating is that we all display very similar colors And there's two different time periods where our auras are photographed. One where my husband and my daughter were not in a great place. Mm -hmm. My daughter was really struggling within the the US school system. And my husband was working away from home a lot and he was really depleted. Their auras look really quite dull and shrunken on those pictures and muddied in colour. And then we have six months later where I've switched up Gracie's school. She's got a school that is really um, giving her the attention that she needs and allowing her to flourish artistically, Mm -hmm. which was completely eliminated in the other school. And this was why she was struggling. Mm -hmm. And she was advised, we were advised to put her on medication by the teacher, which was really bad because he wasn't a doctor. And thank God I didn't take that advice. When I switched her to the new school where she was able to uh, nurture her artistic talents because she's super talented Mm -hmm. so artistic she's brilliant and that was celebrated in this school she flourished yeah you know and in that picture where her aura picture is taken at this time the color the difference in color it's vibrant it's expanded you can just see that she's in a much better place mentally so it's really interesting to look into that and i always have loved the concept i think it's a hindu concept of dharma which is our reason to be here and so often we have to go through a certain school system and put our life purpose on the back burner 
until we're more free to do what, what we can do. So I love seeing people that have just like young children that have taken to their gift and that's what they're focused on. I mean, I love Beyonce and that's why. Who, <laughs> who doesn't love Beyonce? And if you, you know, you hear more of her story, she, she sung and like she, she was going to be Beyonce from, from very young age. Same with the Williams sisters. Like they, mm. oh, they've got an aptitude for tennis. Let's, let's really hone that. And in a healthy way, that, that feels more to me like the universe's plan. But And the, self-belief and as well. So, yeah. they, they didn't give up. You know, yeah. it's, it's, there's, a, there's a whole combination of things, I think, that, mm. that add to the success or, you know, the breaking free of the box. But ultimately, it's self-belief. You yeah. have to believe. And in The Biology of Belief, one of my favorite books yeah. by Dr. Bruce Lipton, is there a best color your aura can be? Um, no, everybody's color is unique to them, mm-hmm. which is what's so fascinating. In artistic people, there tends to be a lot of like magenta and mm-hmm. violet colors. And that's definitely what was, was most dominant mm-hmm. in our auric fields. But what was so interesting was that our aura colors were very similar. And I've always taught, even before I'd experimented with Kelly and photography and actually, you know, photographing mm-hmm. the aura, I'd always taught my students that your auric field will attune to the energies that are around it. Now you can strengthen the aura with intention. We can do exercises to almost create a protective layer, but majority of people aren't going to be doing that. So when you go out into the world, your energy is mingling with all different kinds of energies. And so if there's no form of energy maintenance or clearing going on, you're going to be pretty deeply affected by that. So it's really, it was really interesting to see that I taught your aura attunes to the energies that are around it. And then these photographs physically demonstrated that. Mm -hmm. So in regards to the things we can do to cleanse our aura. In your book, you speak about meditation, which is what I want to focus on. Is there anything more specific you would advise? Oh, there's lots of different Mm -hmm. techniques, but I always say, you know, the most powerful one is meditation Mm -hmm. and all you need is yourself for that. We can also use things like crystals, you know, sage, cold water therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, cold baths, cold showers, really good for the auric field. I always say a great way to, a great rule of thumb is to go by the elements. You can clear your aura through use of the elements. Mm -hmm. So for instance, when we do a, a mud bath at a spa, it's not only really good for our physical body, it's really good for our auric field because we're bringing the element of earth. Oh, yeah. I've never had a mud bath, but I've also never thought of it that yeah. way. Yeah, so you have to go and have one now. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a cancer and I do love, love water. Yes. Like, I do think that if I submerge myself in a in like a pool, there is like a... Oh, that yeah. happens then. Yeah. yeah. And it's a clearing of the auric field. That's why the ocean is so good as well. Mm-hmm. You know, even just being by the ocean, your aura is infused with all of those negative ions and it's just very uplifting for your energy field. Yeah. Same with like being out in nature, you know, going, going into the woods, really clearing for the energy field. The energy of trees mm. is just magic. Mm. I read a book recently about mindfulness and it spoke about the elements. And I never thought when we talk about breath work, we're talking about air. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, air. oh yeah. Like love it, breath I know and I'd never I mean I love breath work too, but I'd I'd always completely thought of it from the breath point of view, not mm. the air point yes, of view. Yeah. And I was and then it spoke about fire and it was like your body literally gets warmer in places. Yeah. And, and the like, digestive oh system, yeah. right? The solar plexus, that's your center of mm-hmm. fire. Um do you have a favorite chakra? Um, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose I, 
I'm always drawn to the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk in my book about your heart chakra is a portal for higher awareness, for shifting into higher states of consciousness. So I love that. But ultimately, something else that will really help us in our shift into this next phase of conscious evolution is syncing up the heart and the mind. Yeah. So, so the crown chakra with the heart center. So those two, I feel at this time in my life are the most important mm-hmm. chakras, although all of them are important. Yeah. Before I really knew anything about spirituality when I was first at uni, I found this chakra meditation on YouTube and without understanding it, I did it regularly. And I'm going to say it worked. I don't know how to articulate what that meant, but it was a good thing that that I did it. And that was without even, that was without understanding it. In some ways, I think maybe that was, maybe that was a good thing. But yeah, I'm a, I don't, and even now I don't understand chakras that much, but it is a go-to visualization or meditation practice for me. Yeah. And it's powerful. Yeah. And also I love you know, talking about chakras, because I think people just enjoy anything that's colourful. It'll mm-hmm. colour oh, yeah. up the us, right? Yeah, like I, I'm trying to learn a lot now about colour therapy. Yeah. Like you can buy the glasses and every colour. I, I love that because I love colour. Oh, yeah. And that is where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why, like, we've got these great pink lights on. I was like, I want to have a meditation where the lights change with the chakras. Ooh, we'll yeah, do that, I yeah. Love that. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah. I actually used to do that in my Reiki studio mm. in California. I used to change the lights. And even when I do my classes at Unplugged Meditation in Los Angeles, which is what I just did, you know, when I went out there last week, they have these, this gorgeous lighting system that I can adjust as I'm taking you on a journey. So I love that. Color is so powerful. And again, it's really underrated. Yeah. And it's a whole, like in and of itself, it's powerful and underrated. It is also a whole school of therapy that is completely underrated where, it's, you know, co- you know, color therapy where you work with colors. And I'm like, oh my God, I need that because mm. I, my mood is so changed by color and brightness. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that is, I mean, we're coming into the spring now, which I love. And, and, and you know, pe- this is seasonal adjustment disorder. We are affected by lack of brightness. Of course yeah. We are. yeah. And it's like, we can accept that. Oh, we're affected by lack of brightness. But then when we talk about chakras, people go, oh, not that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but you do accept that we're we're affected by the grey, but you can't accept yeah. that we're helped by the red, yellow, orange, pink. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, and unfortunately, we've been kind of conditioned to believe that unless mm. we have a prescription from the doctor for a pharmaceutical mm. drug, it's not going to work. Yeah. And that's what we need to break out of. I think that, you know, Western medicine definitely has a place, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's ever a long-term solution. And I think that there are many other natural therapies that are patented, and this is the problem. Mm. You know, we know that Big Pharma is a massive mm-hmm. money-making industry and unfortunately that has overtaken from what is best for our health. Well, yeah. And I speak about this because I I have ADHD and I only got diagnosed in my early thirties and I take Ritalin and Ritalin helps me, but I'm very clear. It helps me in the more administerial organizational part of my work. I think if I was truly living in my Dharma, I wouldn't need to be helped in them areas. Do you know what I mean? So I've always... I, I'm two thumbs up. I'm like, I believe Ritalin has very much helped me in my life. Um, I learned how to drive finally and could understand. But equally, if I think back to the times in my life when I was completely consumed by what I was doing, I didn't need something to help me focus on it. 
So yeah, and isn't it interesting yeah. that it pulls you into that logical left brain Absolute, thinking? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, and in the three D world, I'm a business owner. There is more logical thinking required of me, which is helped by a pharmaceutical drug. But if I was completely in Dharma, I mean, it's not my genius to be focusing on them things. So I always, yeah, I do find the two pronged approach, but I always do think, huh, this helps me take up my role of what the world would prefer me to do. Mm. And that's not, that's not wasted on me. Yes. Yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah. You, you can observe that about yeah. yourself. So and I'm like, well, whilst, whilst my life, whilst that is needed of me, I'm happy and thankful for a pharmaceutical drug, but I do, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if it's a long-term solution. I don't think it is. No, and I yeah. think a lot of the time with ADD and ADHD, it really is that you're quite very kind of right brain mm-hmm. creative. And and so, you know, it's grounding the energy and yeah. I think the medication can help to ground yeah. you into that more logical mindset, the left, the left mm-hmm. brain thinking, but you, you've probably got, yeah. well, you have got spiritual gifts yeah. that, are, that remain untapped. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. I told you next year we're going to sit here. I'm going You'll to tell be seeing you all unicorns, about unicorns. Sean. I know. I can't <laughs> wait for the year follow-up. I want to touch on manifestation because that's something else that I flip-flop on a bit. I watched The Secret when I was in my late teens. I loved it still. I still would say it's a beautiful, beautiful masterpiece as a visual and as an inspiration. I think I've just seen the term manifestation wrongly used or beaten over the head of people a little bit. So manifestation is something that I, I guess it's a word I steer clear of, but I know you talk about it in your book. Mm-hmm. I believe there is a call and response between me and the universe. I guess that's as far as I can go to say, this is what I believe. What do you believe so manifestation So the word is? manifestation is what bothers you? Yeah. And it only bothers me because I think it's been so misused. And by people that aren't using it correctly, I think. Mm. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I get I mean, that. I'm not the authority on manifestation. I get that. But um, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love manifestation. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about like manifesting your dream life. And um, I teach different techniques on how you can do this. Visualization being mm-hmm. a really powerful one. I talk about, you know what, the Navy SEALs use this. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they use it because it works. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's techniques and it's all practice. It's like working a muscle, like just practicing, visualizing those things that you want, especially how you want to feel, mm-hmm. you know, really using your imagination is the key, yeah. right? And I love that quote by Einstein, that imagination is more important than knowledge yeah. because knowledge you're just going to regurgitate things imagination you are going to create mm-hmm. brand new incredible you know experiences and so um yeah i am a big teacher of manifestation yeah. i love it i do a lot of journeys in my meditations guided journeys to help you to manifest your dream life um is I've the also- word intention a synonym for you for Inte- my yeah, manifestation. yeah, setting intentions, yeah. but manifestation for me goes deeper than that. Like there's several layers to it. We set our intention, we visualize the desired outcome and we really feel the emotion yeah. behind it. And feeling the emotion behind it is the catalyst. That's yeah. what's going to bring it to you quicker. Again, skeptics can say, that's a load of rubbish, doesn't work. Give it a try. At the very least, you're going to feel great, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're imagining living in your dream life. So you're going to feel good. If it doesn't work, you're no worse off. Um, But I I know it works because personally for me in my life, just the incredible experiences that I have consciously like 
visualized and, you know, utilize the energies of the planetary alignments and all of that. I do talk about this in my book in the Archangel Haniel section um, when I manifested our dream home in Los Angeles. Mm. Yeah, I I just know with all my heart that it works. So that's a good example because you say manifested my dream home. The home already existed. So when you say manifestation, are you meaning your pathway to that was made? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, because that home didn't appear out the blue, that home already existed. Well, yeah, but you well, know, if we go into quantum oh, physics, yeah. they say the room doesn't exist until you oh, walk yeah. into okay. it, right? Well, yeah. See, they don't know that's good. I know. I'm glad you've said that because that, because that's what I think with manifestation. I'm like, I believe in intention. I believe that there is a call and response. So I have a visualization. I will be active in something showing up. But, know, then, but then I'll say, but I don't believe something materializes out of the blue, but maybe I yeah. do. Yeah, you know, it goes, this is <laughs> yeah. a rabbit hole, Sean, and yeah. it goes really deep. And I think that what we're seeing is a lot of surface level manifestation mm. and maybe that's why it grates on people. Yeah. But I can honestly say I've done extensive research mm. into manifesting and how it all works. I started with the secret, of course, mm-hmm. as most people did, but that is very surface level. Oh yeah, I'm very Americanized. I then went into Jerry and Esther Hicks, mm. oh, the yeah, Abraham Hicks fa- teachings. I then went into their source of information information, which was Seth Speaks. Oh, I love Seth Speaks. I then went into all of the Dolores Cannon materials. Mm -hmm. And she talks about this concept of things, us collectively creating our reality and manifesting the physical, Mm -hmm. right? And it is a real mind bender. It's like the time is an illusion thing. And, you know, it's, it. but but these are concepts that are being verified by quantum physics. Did you read I Come as a Brother by Bartholomew? No. That's another channel. This could be a work. new one for my it's, library. It's so good. It was a it was similar to Esther Hicks. It was a woman who channels an entity called Bartholomew. There was such a f- little amount of work because she says the time with her entity, you know, it was short and it and it left her. Does she always call him Bartholomew? I think or does so. she abbreviate to Bart at all? Maybe. I know the <laughs> famous book is called I Come as a Brother, to whether I listen And to I the loved book. it. But um, I think it's Bartholomew. Why do you not like Bart? Oh, no. As in Simpson. No, Bart is good. But Bartholomew, yeah, Bartholomew is just a little drawn, you know. Oh, I like Bartholomew. Do you? Yeah. But once again, I don't like manifestation word. No. You, you do so. Yeah. I guess this is our lesson is to not worry about the word. No. But the message. <laughs> yeah. I but just I, can't wait for your experience with unicorns. I know, Sean. I know. And I, and I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very conscious that I don't become a hypocrite because I do believe in manifestation, but so much of the time I'm like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to become extremely neurotic about every little last thing that might show up in my life. But you mentioned Esther and Jerry Hicks and I, and I like their work because they do talk about manifestation, but as a byproduct of, I like my life and everything's good. Yeah. That's what I what think their, their number one is. messages, which I love is find a better feeling thought. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. If you're not feeling good, find a better feeling thought. Yeah. What is, and, and also, you know, the secret touches upon this. What will make you feel better? Put some music on. That is the, one of the quickest yeah. ways to shift your vibe mm-hmm. and to help you to uplift your mood. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with observing yourself and then ha- helping yourself to feel better by choosing a better mm-hmm. feeling thought. The human experience is that, of course, we're going to have challenges. Of course, we're going to have lows, but it's whether we stay in that yeah. low vibration or it's whether we pull ourselves out of it. We yeah. pick ourselves up and we and we go for it and we we start creating a life that, that brings us yeah. joy because that's why we're here ultimately, right? To experience yeah. 
joy and the challenges and to and to overcome them challenges. I think a way we can stay in that lower pay, place and you touch on that is, um, you know, if we talk about our childhood and our inner child and there are a lot of triggers there, you say, Often events that happen to us in our childhood will remain locked away and never dealt with. That creates blocks with our energy system, which um, in turn creates disease. And I'll say whether it creates disease or not in a worldly way, it's, it's emotionally unharmonious to have unhealed childhood wounds. And I'll even say, even if they remain unhealed, but you're aware of them, you can take a big step forward. I think it takes you off autopilot. Yeah. Where, 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 where do you stand on the inner child work? Oh, I think the inner child work is so important because, you know, especially those first seven years, that is, and, you know, as a psychologist, those are the formative years. Yeah. That is really what shapes who we are. And yeah. so if you've had a lot of traumatic experiences as a child, it can really shape mm-hmm. your your reality and the way you deal with things. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it is definitely getting better, but we, we were encouraged as children to just kind of be quiet and... Yeah get on with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it does create dis-ease. And if we look at that word, that's what it is. Disease is dis-ease. It just depends on how it becomes manifest in your body. Maybe it will, you know, be more of a mental dis-ease. Will it be more of a physical dis-ease? But yeah, it's really important for our, for, for us to work through those experiences and to then be able to see them from a higher perspective as to, well, what lessons did I learn through this? What soul growth did Mm -hmm. I gain from this? You know, accelerated soul growth through the greatest of traumas. You know, that is what we, that is the greatest way to learn. Yeah, because I think something that's so underspoken about, um, we have post-traumatic stress, but we also have post-traumatic growth and it's, doesn't get the airtime it deserves. I, I don't know why I'd say because it, it calls to a positive message, which isn't always shared. But I do always think we seem to know so much about post-traumatic stress and don't neglect post-traumatic growth um, because there's that's a positive way to look at the things that you have, you have gone through. And not even a positive way. There is a whole model that shows we are often ex- we can be accelerated by what happened to us, not just detrimented. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I don't want to finish up without giving the angels the appropriate airtime they deserve. So I want to ask a very broad question: <laughs> How can we work with angels on our mental health? Angels can help you in all areas of life, mm-hmm. and especially with your mental health. So that I talk about in the book, there's a specific archangel that you can really help, that can really help balance your crown chakra, which is where all of your thought energy lies. Mm. And that's Archangel Zadkiel. And I talk about the power of color and visualizing color Mm. to connect with angels. And that is the violet light that you will connect with. So there's an exercise in there for balancing the crown chakra through meditation. Mm -hmm. Again, you can really connect with your angels through meditation. So it's all kind of these techniques are all combined to help your mental health. But I think just calling upon that, those higher vibrational energies to help you in your life will bring flow into your life. And that will alleviate stress and the alleviation of stress will appease the mental, emotional fields, Mm -hmm. right? And therefore improve your mental health. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for this. I feel like I came into this very clear that I 
was once very much into the new age. I think I have drifted away somewhat in recent years, but I knew this chat would be a homecoming in some ways because I knew I knew I was more hung up on some of the languaging, some of the symbolism, when actually if I was if I was asked to look someone in the eye sincerely, there is a big belief I have in the transpersonal. And I'm glad we got to have this chat on this mental health podcast. So that 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 message could be explored. So I'm really oh, grateful. Thank, thank you. you. That's really, really lovely yeah. to hear. And I'm so glad that it that this was like your homecoming. The the angels here of we course go. Yeah. brought us here. Absolutely. I mean I always keep I keep a Raphael around quite a lot. Oh, so I love Raphael, yes. the healing yeah. archangel. Katie, the book is called Celestial Goddess Rising. It's already been a bestseller, but it's still available. Yes. So um, exciting. Go ahead. It's a beautiful um collar book. So much of what we've spoken about is illustrated so beautifully in that but how else can people find you and um, you can find me on instagram i'm at katie sloan you can find me and contact me through my website katiesloan.com um, and then of course you can get the book on amazon next day on prime at the moment uh waterstones barnes and noble so yeah those are the ways that you can get me awesome and one year from today Let's chat about unicorns. Let's do it. Maybe my next book will be about unicorns inspired by this interview, Sean. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. You've been listening to Chill the Fuck Out. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want to inspire as many people as I can with these episodes, so I'd really appreciate it if you shared the show with a friend or a family member who'd find it useful. Also, please leave me a review and let me know what topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. For more information about who I am and what I do, visit heyseanpatrick.com or email me directly at sean at heyseanpatrick.com.